0: You're listening
1: to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg.
0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, Rob, good morning there, my friend. Good
1: morning, Gary. How oh, you doing?
0: Well, You know, brother, I take it one day at a time. That's all I can do. Hey, listen, it's a daily struggle. So we're living in rough times, my friend. You, you know that. You know that better than anybody else. Um, I, so I just take it one day at a time. Seriously.
1: I do, too. I do take it I think one that's day at the secret.
0: Time. I really do.
1: If you don't, you start stressing about things that make no sense. You start letting the media and their negativity seep into your life. And that's no way to live.
0: It really isn't. And you can try to forecast into the future as much as possible. But why bother? It seldom ever goes the way you predict or the way you're thinking. It'll go anyways. So you're better off just taking it one day at a time. You know.
1: That's what you got to do.
0: You know, um... I'm really excited about today's show. This does, and I don't mean to diminish all the other shows we do because they're fantastic. They're so educational. Today, we've done one other show like this, um, and I had a blast with it. I and and I'm I'm really excited about today's show as well.
1: Yeah. So we get so much mail, specifically email, because hey, it's. It's the new age, right? No one's sending snail mail anymore. So we give out the email address on every show to people and say, email us with your questions and get inundated with questions all the time. Some I can respond directly via email. Others I save specifically to talk about on this show, because if one person's asking a question. I see that many others could be asking the same question and you need answers to those questions, not only answers, but you need information and knowledge to be able to actually make decisions with your mortgage, your real estate and your personal finances. So what I did for today's show is I handpicked out the top questions that we've gotten over the last month month and a half that have come into our email at Mortgage Show at gmail.com. And I've handpicked those because they are questions that I feel would resonate with others. I feel like when I read this, I go, there's a lot of others that are thinking the same thing. So I wanted to bring that out today. I wanted to answer the question and actually dive in and really give the why behind the answer to help you. Just like
0: we've done a similar show with different questions from different listeners in the past, uh, we're also giving away a book that you've authored uh like we have in the past they're gonna get an ebook to the first five people who either email call or text you right five people they're getting yep. an ebook all right so let me just give that really quick and I'll remind folks a little bit later on in the show as well uh the phone number is 8604133938 you can leave a message you can leave a text. Um, and, of course, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. If you didn't get it right, right, right now, if I said that too fast, I'll at least give you two more opportunities uh, to write it down. But I want to make sure that you understand that at, at following the this program here the this, this morning, name, um, the, 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 in fact, the name of the book is Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium. It's written by... Rob Weinberg himself, you're going to get an e-copy of this for the first five people.
1: It's actually on Amazon for $20. Well, why
0: would someone spend $20 when they can get it for
1: free? Many people do spend twenty dollars. I love getting my royalty checks every month from Not Amazon. Not this
0: this audience has got better things to put their money into, including real estate. They got no time to mess around with buying books well, when they can get the that's, same that's thing. Why I
1: wanted to for say free. thank you to, to our listeners, especially those new listeners up in Massachusetts that have started listening right. recently. Really, really appreciate you guys. And I wanted to give this away to you as a thank you for your loyalty, as a thank you for taking your hard-earned time and investing. Investing it into this show.
0: And your patronage as well. Okay, you ready? Josephine from Wethersfield. She writes, uh, my home value has gone up significantly over the last few years. And now I want to sell my home and move. But with the soaring prices, I am not sure what to do. I am in a dilemma. Do I sell my house and buy something much more expensive? Or should I stay put and wait? You know, hold on a second. I know, I know. I I, I got to turn this over to you. But this is a common dilemma that people have right now. it's the most common. Because it, it, whatever money – and I had the same – I thought the same thing myself, jo, um, uh, Josephine. Because the money I'm going to – extra money I'm going to make on the house that I'm selling, I'm going to give right back to the house I'm buying, right? So, yeah, wh- what's the answer here?
1: So there's a few different answers. The first answer, though, is everyone thinks they know the answer to this. <laughs> they think they know. They think they say, oh, well, I'm just going to stay put because – If I sell high, I'm going to buy high and it's not going to make sense and I don't want to hire a mortgage and they leave it at that. And unfortunately, that is the wrong way to go about it. You don't want to make financial decisions based on what you think. You want to make financial decisions based on data. So what I really recommend to do if you're in this spot like Josephine is run the numbers. Get with a mortgage advisor. As I always say, as soon as you can, as soon as this dilemma comes up, Call a local mortgage advisor that you know that you have a relationship with. And if you don't know one, get a referral. Find somebody, not just a random loan officer at a bank, someone that has that real in-the-trenches experience to know all the different scenarios that has been doing mortgage and real estate for at least, I would I would say ideally a decade or more because the last couple of years have been crazy in a good way. But what about when the market changes? What about when the market is slower? You need to have experience with that as well. You may be surprised at what the actual numbers are. And when I'm talking about running the numbers, I'm going to model out what would you potentially sell your home for right now? How much money would you make off that home? and then if you rolled that money or a portion of it over to a new home, what would your new estimated mortgage be? And what many people find is it's not as bad as you thought. You're not paying way more than you're paying now because you are making all that money, so you're putting a bigger down payment, so your mortgage can be comparable. I've even seen some scenarios where the mortgage can be less. Another idea that you can run numbers on is if you sell your home and roll some of the money over, but then take the rest and pay off a bunch of debt. A lot of people don't think about that. That can save you a ton of money that then can be used to go and put towards a new mortgage payment. So look at and find out what the numbers are right now and base your decision off of that. Now, the next thing is if you have the ability to wait, if you're not in a rush, and you can really step back and you're comfortable staying in your current home for the time being, then be patient. Fortunes can come to people that are patient and can wait for the right opportunity. So if you can be patient and wait, I do believe there will be a normal drop in the market in the seasonality that we see in real estate. Right now, we're going into the winter months in New England, and we all know And I've talked, I've done an entire show about seasonality in real estate. We all know that the prices typically drop in New England between five and 10% once we hit those winter months. And then they rebound again in the spring and summer of next year. So, knowing that, if you can wait for that opportunity, You can get into a better position. Maybe you can sell your house for a little less, but also buy a house for a little less as well. So patience can really be key on that, and everybody's going to be in a different timeline. But I think the moral of my answer here is to say, don't make blind decisions based on emotion. Don't make decisions based on what you read and what you see and what you hear. Make decisions based on the actual numbers that are specific to you and your situation, because that's what's going to give you the right answer for you.
0: Daniel from West Hartford writes, thank you for such a great show. Your knowledge gives me inspiration. I'm wondering though, how to handle the following situation. Excuse me. My wife and I need to add a second level to our first home. We determined that adding a second level would be more cost efficient than buying a new home. However, we would still need about $75,000 to do the renovation. We have an op. We have approximately $200,000 of equity. In our home and are unsure the best way to finance the renovation. Can you give us some ideas doing the show long enough with you now? I think I even know the answer to that question.
1: There's a few different answers, but I think what we need to do before I even give the answer is to look at this dilemma, because I think it's a huge dilemma that so many are faced with right now. The last caller was talking about selling their home and buying another. And this one is talking about understanding that it makes more sense to stay in their current home than to buy a new one. So we need to look at that as an opportunity. What can you do in order to make that transition from your current home to your renovated home a little bit less stressful, right? A little bit less painless or painful when it comes to your finances. The first option that I would recommend with a case like this, based on what Daniel shared, is we want to look at a cash out refinance as at least an initial option to evaluate. Depending on how many years you've paid into your home and what your interest rate is right now, adding on $75,000 to your mortgage, it may not actually increase your payment as much as you think. Again, everybody's situation is different with that. But cash out refi to me is going to be the quickest, simplest and most painless option there. Now, if a cash out refi doesn't work or the numbers just don't make sense, then another option that you could look at would be a renovation loan. Now, these have gotten really hot in the last uh really the last 6 months because a lot of people are finding in the current housing market they need to renovate either a home that they just bought or renovate the home that they're already in right now, okay? So there are a couple different renovation loans that are available. The two biggest ones that I want to hone in on are going to be the FHA H A 203k loan and then the Fannie Mae Homestyle loan. Now, the differences between them are really going to come down to the type of work that you're doing. For example, the 203k loan does not allow a pool to go in or a luxury item, whereas the Fannie Mae Homestyle Loan will allow you to build a pool or a luxury item into your home. So that could be one piece. The other thing is credit score. Uh, Daniel didn't mention what his credit score was, but I normally see the home style Loans working best for those that have over a 700, 720. Uh, minimum credit score because those are conventional loans. They're backed by Fannie Mae and the higher credit you have, the better terms on the loan that you're going to get if you get approved at all. And then the FHA 203k is going to be best for those with credit scores under 700. I've seen, you know, even people down to like a 620 or 630 score get approved for these uh, 203k loans. And there's different types of 203k loans, depending on if you're doing a minor renovation under 30,000 or so, or if you're doing a major renovation like Daniel is that's going to be, you know, into the high five figures or even six figures. So I think that meeting with a mortgage advisor right away, Daniel, and evaluating these options will help. Make sure that when you do discuss this with a mortgage advisor, you let them know that you're evaluating both a cash-out refi and a renovation loan so they can take one credit report, one application from you, and merge that into two different scenarios to see what's going to actually make the most sense.
0: Marge from Windsor writes, I am 72 years old and I paid off my home years ago. I have, unfortunately, though, fallen behind on my property taxes. To the tune of about twenty-five grand, including interest and penalties as well. I also have some credit card debt and would like to figure out the best way to consolidate everything and get a fresh start with my finances. What options would you recommend? I would imagine similar ones, right? Uh,
1: that, no, that cash one, out refi. Or? That, that's one option, but this because she's retired, and from what Marge has said here, she doesn't even have a mortgage. So it's gonna be a little bit of a different type of approach that we're gonna take to this. And this one really resonated with me when I read it because just in the last two months alone, I've had about half a dozen seniors in a similar situation. And I, I mean, some of it may be that we live in a state in an area that has higher taxes than other areas of the country, but I've been finding a lot of seniors have been falling behind on their obligations, property taxes, home insurance, and just those uh, necessary obligations that you have when you own a home. So for Marge's situation, I would say the first option I would look at, because she didn't say what she had for her income, but a cash out refi, or what we call it when you don't have a mortgage is it's actually referred to as a home equity loan. So it will be a loan against the equity in your home. It'll be a first position mortgage. It'll be priced as a cash out refinance with your mortgage advisor. But the reason that I think that that could be a good first option is because it's going to allow her to keep her home. It will pay back the $25,000 in back taxes that she owes. It will allow her, her to consolidate all of the debt that she has, the credit card debt and any other, into the mortgage, which is gonna give her a lot of flexibility with her monthly payments. It's also, in a case like this, I would also structure in an emergency fund as well into a home equity loan or cash out refi because somebody that's on a fixed income, we're living in an inflationary environment, It's very high probability that the expenses next year may be higher than this year. So, how do we mitigate that? Well, she has a paid off home and only $25,000 in taxes, and then she didn't say the amount of credit card debt. I'm going to assume that a $100,000 loan would solve pretty much all her financial issues. So, I would like to build into that an emergency fund for her, maybe somewhere around. $20,000, $30,000 that she can then put into like a money market account or a savings account so that when an issue comes up with her finances, when she can't make ends meet for one month, she doesn't have to dip back into the credit card debt. She can simply use that emergency fund to help, you know, create that bridge between the shortfall of where she is right now financially and the bills that have to get paid. Now, the next answer that I want to give to Marge is going to be controversial because I want to say that from everything Marge has explained in her, her letter to me, she's a great candidate for a reverse mortgage. And to those of you who think reverse mortgage and tune out Stay with me here for a second, because when I explain to you what a reverse mortgage can do for Marge and for any seniors out there that have a lot of equity in their in their home, you'll see that it can be like winning a lottery ticket. So what I'm talking about is we can pay off the 25,000 in taxes, we can consolidate all her debt, we can do everything we were going to do with the cash out refi, but the key to the reverse mortgage of the present day is that it also includes a growing line of credit that you can access. So typically the first year you're not going to get access to much if at all of it, but after the first year that line of credit unlocks and you can use that to pay day-to-day bills. You can use that to pay expenses. You can even use that to create income for yourself like a pension or annuity would. So again, not knowing all the specifics of Marge's scenario, I can't say 100% certain that this will work, but based on what she shared, it'd be a great option to look at because the other benefit of the reverse mortgage is that it would eliminate the need to make a mortgage payment. And because she has all this money owed in taxes, I'm going to read into it and say that she's got a tight budget, like many seniors. She's got Social Security or pension coming in, but she has just as much or more going out, which is why she actually had all that debt accumulate. The reverse mortgage could solve that. And then when she has a good amount of cash flow, she can pay the mortgage payment if she wants. It's just, it's optional. She doesn't have to. So then when she has a budget shortfall or expenses go up, you have a, A high electric bill or something she can just not make her mortgage payment that month there's no penalty there's no issue she still has access to her line of credit and she can move forward financially without going backwards now with a regular mortgage you have to make that payment every month no matter what which is why i think an emergency fund for a senior is crucial i I
0: well, let me do this first. First, folks, you're listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge uh, podcast, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Uh, we spoke about this a little while ago, the book that Robert has authored, <clears throat> Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium. You can buy this on Amazon for 20 bucks, but see, you're a savvy listener. You're, a, you're savvy with your money. Uh, and by the way, you've got more pressing issues, more pressing uh, things to put your money towards. For example, real estate. Uh, so I want you to get this book absolutely free. You're going to get an ebook version of it. Be one of the first five callers, texters, or emailers to uh, 860-413-3938 or Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. And I'll give that once again to you at the end of the show. Um, I got a few more here. So Jonathan in Hartford, he wrote, I bought my first home three years ago and have done well f- financially with it It's worth about $80,000 more than I paid. I see real estate as a great investment and I'm ready to buy my first investment property to rent out and start generating income. I have no savings or investments besides my home. So what is my best route to buy a rental property and start generating positive income?
1: Such a common Hmm. dilemma for people is they feel like I've got my primary home I'm in a good financial position with it I yeah, made owe money Oh no money on it. yeah
0: you owe, you owe no money right
1: Um well no he has a mortgage He but does it's but worth- there's 80,000 more than he paid, right? So he's got this money that he needs access to. And in his head, I'm sure, Jonathan, you're probably thinking, I've got the 80,000, I just need to get access to it. How do I do that? I could buy another property if I had access to that. So I wanna hone in on some different ideas to do that and the pros and cons behind them. But again, it's such a common thing right now because many people that bought their home in 2018, 19, or even 2020, they're looking at their home value now and they're saying, oh my gosh, I never in my wildest dreams thought that my home would be worth that when I bought it for whatever it was. And they're thinking about all the wealth they could create and having fantasies of what their life would look like with passive income coming and with not having to work to have every dollar come into your bank account. That's what rental income can provide. So for Jonathan's specific scenario, he didn't say what his current mortgage balance was or he didn't say like what his interest rate was, but Just like you're hearing a commonality here, I think the first place I would start by looking is at the cash-out refinancing. Because, again, the equity is so high, it's going to give you a lot of liquidity with that by looking at that option. But the other thing that I think Jonathan will benefit from that many others I wouldn't recommend it to is potentially a home equity line of credit. Because in certain cases, a home equity line of credit could actually give you access to more cash than a cash out refi. Uh, it depends on your credit, it depends on some other factors, but sometimes it can. And the other benefit of a HELOC over a cash out refi is that you don't pay interest on the money that you don't use. So if Jonathan took out this home equity line of credit, let's say for $40,000, dollars and he doesn't need the money though, For three months or six months because he doesn't have a house to buy. In a cash out refi, you'd be paying interest the entire time on that money. On a home equity line of credit, on the other hand, you're not paying interest on the money that you don't owe, the Mm. money that you don't borrow. So it can give a little bit more flexibility if you're not in a position where you need the money right away. The negative to the home equity line of credit is that's an it's an adjustable rate mortgage. Almost everyone I've seen has an adjustment either every month, every six months. You have to look at your loan terms, but that can create a really difficult and a financial hazard for people because I've seen it happen almost 20 years in the industry where your interest rate goes from 4% to 6%. And then your mortgage payment goes from 300 to 450 on that in one month. Well, if you're on a fixed income, it's not going to work. If you're someone that can go work overtime or you've got a nice nest egg, you might be able to get through it. But right now, in the current inflationary scenario that we're in, in the volatile interest rate market that we're in, that we haven't seen in many, many decades in this country, what I'm seeing is that the home equity line of credit, while it can be enticing, it's also a ticking time bomb. You know that you're going to have to deal with it. You know that you're going to have to refinance it. And I remember a frenzy of people around like 2009, 2010, when the interest rates really started going up dramatically and they were trying to get out of these home equity lines of credit. They had taken them out during the boom of real estate. And when the rate started skyrocketing, I had one client, their payment doubled in six months, doubled. They had to refinance it into their mortgage and it didn't matter what the interest rate was because their HELOC was at like 10%. They could refinance it at seven, but their first mortgage was at five. So what dilemma, what do they do? They're at the mercy of the market. They had to suck it up and take the 7% rate just to get out of that small 10% HELOC that they had. So know, ladies and gentlemen, that that is coming. Know that it is something that you have to prepare for and know that it is something that, Sooner or later, you're going to have to deal with. So that's why I actually prefer the cash out refi.
0: Guy from Burlington. I am 66 years old and plan on retiring in the next three years when my home is paid off. Unfortunately, I do not have a pension or investments. I'm going to have Social Security and about $50,000 of savings, but I know that won't last beyond a few years. My home is worth about $400,000, and I want to know if I'm a good candidate for a reverse mortgage and how it may be able to help me with retirement income.
1: Yeah, Guy comes with a dilemma that a lot of retirees are having because they've been scrimping and saving and paying all this extra on their mortgage, and now they're almost at that promised land. They're almost at the point within just a couple of years where they can taste that the, the mortgage being paid off, they can taste the success of not having to worry about a monthly payment. But then when they actually look at what their finances are going to be during retirement, they realize that the problem was not that they had a mortgage on their home. The problem was that they didn't have enough income coming in, that they didn't have enough investments. To actually see them through retirement. So this is a case where I think Guy is probably the poster child for a perfect candidate for a reverse mortgage. So it seems like he'd be great for it. He's equity rich and cash poor. What I would recommend in this case is to set up a monthly distribution stream from a reverse mortgage line of credit to act just like a pension or just like an annuity would, run the numbers with an advisor as soon as possible, get the reverse mortgage in place while the home values are high, and you can get a reverse mortgage even if your home isn't paid off yet. There's a huge myth. People think you have to have a paid off home. I've had people take reverse mortgages that have 10, 15, even 20 plus years left. So mm. don't make that mistake. Do we have time for one more let's, question? Let's let's knock it out.
0: All right, if you can do a quick answer. All, right. all right, Jill from Vernon. She writes, "My husband and I accumulated about fifty thousand dollars of credit card debt when he was out of work uh, during the pandemic." Uh, we were able to finance in 2020 down to about three and a quarter, a 30-year fixed interest rate. Now the home values have gone up and we want to pay off our credit card debt using the equity in our home. But we're torn because the interest rates have gone up so much higher now. We were quoted over 5% to refinance our home and roll in our debt. Is this a good move or should we explore other options?
1: So we got to really run the analysis and see. The question I would have for you, Jill, is what are your credit card interest rates at? The mortgage isn't your problem. You got a great rate on that, but what is your credit card interest rates at? What are your other debt interest rates at? And then as mortgage professionals, we can run like a blended or an effective interest rate on what you're paying on everything overall. I think you'll find that a 5% or anything in the fives is gonna be a lot better than what you're doing right now. The other thing we want to look at is how much money are you actually saving per month? a debt consolidation along the lines of what you've told me, I would be surprised if you're saving less than a thousand dollars a month. So you have to decide, is it worth taking one step back on your mortgage to take three steps ahead on your finances? And I think you'll find it is probably worth that. Also, don't forget that you can refinance the home in the future back to a lower rate when that occurs. We just don't know when that's going to be. You got to get through today to get to tomorrow to pay your bills. So that's why the higher interest rate might make sense. The other thing is, what are you going to do with the monthly savings. If you're saving $1,000 a month, where's that money going? What if you put that on your mortgage principal? How quick would your home be paid off? What if you put that in a 401k or investment account? How much would you have in 10 or 15 years? Mm. I think you're going to see that the little bit of a hit you're going to take on your mortgage rate is going to really get you ahead financially on everything else, including your retirement.
0: All right, that's why I love these shows. I really love when you hear from the from the listeners. These are outstanding questions. I think same questions that come across everybody else's. Mm-hmm. mind. folks, I made a promise to you at the beginning of the show that you can obtain a free version of uh, the book that Rob Weinberg authored, "Mortgage Strategies for the New Millennium," uh, an e version of this book to the first three people who either call, text, or email Rob. Right now. So let me give you your points of contact. You can email him uh, as well as maybe any other questions that we can get answered on this show. Who knows? Maybe as soon as uh, next week. Uh, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, it's Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Uh, and you get your free e-copy of that book. Now, if you are thinking of maybe sending a text or making a phone call. Simply do that at 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that. I'll slow it down. Write this down, though. Okay? 860-413-3938. And by the way, if you'd like more information about Rob, about Benchmark, about all that he does, um, simply go online to his website at www.robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next weekend, have a...
1: Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.